Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. They got swept, the Orioles did, by Texas in early October, and it was ugly. I mean, three straight, they were the favorites to advance in that series. Um, But, man, the news for Orioles fans, uh, just like when Washington hired Adam Peters, euphoric. Everybody in Oriole land, very, very happy uh, with the news that the Orioles are being sold. Uh, Jumping on with us, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, is... My very good friend and co-host of my podcast, Tom Lavero, who, of course, writes for the Washington Times. You can follow him on X on Twitter, at Tom Lavero. So you, you know, we have periodically talked about this on the podcast. I, I'm just curious, were you surprised that, that it happened and that the news came yesterday? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't we been waiting um, for sort of Peter Angelos to pass away and then find out what the children would do with the team? Well, here's what happened. In December, middle of December, Bloomberg wrote that uh, John Angelos was in talks with David Rubenstein to, uh, to, to sell the team. So talks were taking place. Bloomberg reported that in December. When I followed that up in a column, I wrote that what will likely happen is that Rubenstein will buy a minority percentage of the team, a significant chunk, sort of like Steve Bashotti did with the Ravens 
with the caveat that in a couple of years, he would have the, the, the ability to take over full ownership. Like Ted did with the Wizards. Right. Similar, similar to a situation like that. And that's pretty much exactly what's happened. Uh, David Rubenstein and his partner, they, they bought, I forget, is it 40%? I think 40% is, is the figure of okay. the Orioles. Uh, but as soon as Peter Angelos, you know, passes on, transitions, as the Wizards like to say, you know, uh, as soon as that happens, I'm sure the rest of the team will wind up being sold to Rubenstein as well. Uh, for tax purposes that I can't quite explain or understand, it makes sense for them to sell the team after Peter moves on than at this point. Plus, it's in Peter's will specifically that once he passes on, the team is not to be left to the, to the kids to run. It is to be sold. And do the are the kids in agreement on all of this? Were there? I mean, I know he. What does he have? Does he have three kids or four kids? He's got two boys, and two. they hate each other. And they hate uh, each John, other. Lou Angelo sued John Angelos and his mother about a year and a half ago, uh, involving control of the Orioles, and that suit wound up getting settled, I think, at some point. So no, I think Lou is involved with the law firm, and John has been running the team. But to be honest with you, from what I know about Peter Angelos, and I, I know him pretty well in his early days of ownership, if he were upright today, John Angelos wouldn't be allowed anywhere near that baseball team. Um. So is this the equivalent for Orioles fans, what it was for us when Snyder sold the team in July? Well, the, the strange part of it is the Orioles are good now. Yeah. I mean, John Angelos did get out of the way enough to let his baseball people through the teardown that they did. Mike Elias, the general manager, uh, and who came from Houston, he drafted very well. And the Orioles, without spending money, have built themselves a championship team. I mean, their, their best player maybe wasn't even on the team last year, and that's their number one prospect, number one prospect in all baseball, Jackson Holiday. He'll be on oh, the holiday. team this year, you know? So they're, they're likely favored to repeat as American League East champions without spending any significant money on free agents whatsoever. Their payroll is still very low because all their players are young. Most of their players are young, under, under reasonable control. So what's different is that that's what the big difference is from what happened with, with, Washington, with the Washington football team. Uh, it, it's as if Dan Snyder had hired, uh, had hired Adam Peters five years ago and then took a five-year cruise and said, here, go ahead and run the football team. That's the difference. But it's still but, celebratory. Oh, it still is. It's still, you know, but here's the ironic thing. Most of these times, people are, the new owner is seen as a savior. Peter Angelos was seen as a savior when he bought the team at an auction in 1993. Uh, you know, Eli Jacobs, who was the previous owner and not well-liked, he was a Washington, D.C. Uh, businessman who seemed more interested in defense think tank issues at his baseball team. Uh, he was not well-liked. He had to put the team up for, in a bankruptcy auction, and Angelo's outbid Jeffrey Loria at the time by $1 million at, an, at a 
bankruptcy auction to buy the team. And, and Peter Angelos was seen as a savior when he first got there. He started spending money on a team, uh, buying free agents like Rafael Palmero and, and others. And uh, that was something new. Well, and they Oreo. went to the postseason a couple of years there. Yes, a couple of years. Yeah. So in the early days, Peter Angelos was considered a savior. So it's a phenomenon that happens. But but the ownership, the the issues that Baltimore fans felt and Baltimore baseball fans felt are very similar to what Washington football fans felt. Because Baltimore, like Washington, had a rich tradition yeah. of championship winning. Right. You know, and then it, it went into the tank. It went into the tank before Peter Angelos got there, just like it went into the tank in Washington before Dan Snyder, uh, you know, arrived. It had been down for for six years before Dan bought the team. It was a 10-year period with the Orioles, but it, the cases are very similar. All right, Tommy's with us. Uh, by the way, a sale must be approved in a vote by – uh, the other 30, by the 30 major league teams, 75% three-quarters vote, similar to what we just went through in the NFL, and that process can take um, several months. Uh, I'm assuming there will be, you don't see any issue with three-quarters of a vote uh, of the owners uh, for David Rubenstein. No, I'm sure they're popping corks as well, because David yeah. Rubenstein, uh, we don't, I don't know much about David Rubenstein except what everyone else in the public knows about him. He seems to be – he's very rich. He's a huge baseball fan. He's very smart. Uh, you know, he, he does these television – He's a great interviewer. He's a really yeah. good interviewer. He does the interviews at the Economist Club. And yeah. He's written some books. So he's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, and from what I know about him, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who, even though he's a fan, will think he knows how to run a baseball team. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy who will like having, just be happy with maybe the best seat in the stadium night after night, you know. But uh, this is, I mean, there's no reason to think that baseball's not popping corks as well. All right, so the issue for the Nats now um, becomes what with David Rubenstein as the owner? There's the Masson issue, and then there is Rubenstein not being a potential suitor or purchaser of the Nats, which was in play for a while. Yes, it, it's complicated, and I haven't been able to to really clear it up yet. I think the Masson thing had come to some sort of conclusion for now. I think the Orioles had agreed finally to pay the Nats, what they're worth. And I think that money, if, if not been received yet, will be received. Uh, but the, still, the massive thing is just a, a nightmare for baseball. And it's difficult to believe that there won't be some kind of negotiation process taking place when the sale takes place to sort of dissolve this whole massive thing, even though it's an asset for David Rubenstein. Right now, David Rubenstein, if he buys right. the team, he owns the Nationals TV rights, okay? But what complicates yeah. it, he was going to be Ted Leonsis's partner to buy the Nationals, and Ted Leonsis wants those TV rights. He'd love to get the Orioles TV rights as much as the Nationals TV rights. So, and I, w- I, would, I would add, and I don't know anything about this sale, but typically when something is sold, those agreements that are in place – 
they're just assigned, you know, to the new yeah. owner. It's not like anything, like all of a sudden uh, the Angelos family sells the team and it's a clean slate on, you know, regional <clears throat> television agreements. Yeah, that's going to have to be worked out because uh, that defi- that's an asset uh, for uh, David Rubenstein and his partner. And will Ted now, if he's still interested in, is he still interested in buying the Nats? Does he have the money now? to buy the Nats, because David Rubenstein had very deep pockets. That's right. Uh, You know, I don't know if that's easily replaced. I don't know if Ted's going to scrape the bottom of the barrel and pick up some more cutter money, you know, to buy the the, the Nationals like he did by taking, uh, giving them a 20% ownership of monumental sports. We'll see how thing transitions. Yes, because that's what they do with monumental sports. (laughs) They transition. (laughs) <laughs> Wes Unsell Jr. was transitioned uh, into the front yeah. office. And by the way, since he was, Brian keeps killing it. They're on a two-game win streak. <laughs> um, so where do you think the Nat situation is now? The sale price reportedly $1.75 billion, right? Or I'm sorry, the, the team valued for whatever uh, p- uh, part of the team was purchased at $1.75 billion. Weren't weren't the learners looking for two billion or north of that? North of two billion, based on the valuation of a couple of teams that had sold pieces uh, in the past couple of years. The Phillies Angels. were valued, and the Angels and the Rangers all were valued well above two billion dollars in their in their in when they bought a new minority owners. Okay. So I'm, I'm sure the learners looked at that at those figures and said that's what we're shooting for. The 1.75 billion for Baltimore certainly brings that down. Uh, while the Washington franchise may be worth more, it's probably not worth much more than the two billion dollar figure. Period. And there haven't been publicly any real suitors uh, of note other than Ted at this point. I know that Mark Lerner has not wanted to sell the team, but he doesn't act like an owner who, who wants to stay because the Nationals have been pathetic in their off-season uh, spending to, to shore up the team a little bit. I know they signed Joey Gallo uh, to a one-year $5 million deal, but that's just, that's just the best item at the thrift shop, really. And uh, so I don't know what's happening with the Nationals. I think, I, I think it's a point of dispute within the family. Um, you and I were doing the podcast shortly after the news broke yesterday on uh, Ben Johnson staying. And um, by the way, there is some news that I'm reading right now uh, from John Kime, and that is that Martin Mayhew, hold on, where is it? Um, uh, John tweeted out. Yeah, Martin Mayhew is gonna is expected to remain with the organization. Um, title, Nikki uh, updated it. So did John. Title role unclear. Remember, Martin Mayhew worked with Adam Peters uh, for Adam Peters in San Francisco for Adam Peters and John Lynch in San Francisco. So Martin Mayhew, who is at the Senior Bowl, um, Adam Peters is headed there. Eric Stokes was already there. Uh, Mayhew expected to stay. So, any thoughts after you know our initial reactions yesterday on no Ben Johnson, and now you know the possibility of Quinn or Weaver or McDonald or Glenn? Well, as I understand from reports, Mike McDonald is on his way to Seattle for a second interview. 
Yep, he is. After what after what Seattle has just been through with with uh, Ben Johnson, do they not let Mike McDonald leave without an offer? Uh, you know that's what I would st- do. Well, he was there yesterday. He was there yesterday, and now he's back for a second uh, yeah. day. They, they uh, no, they met in Baltimore. I'm sorry, on Tuesday. Um, yeah, they're bringing I, I, him he, to Seattle today. Right, right. That doesn't bode well, I don't think, for, for Washington's chances for Mike McDonald. You know, maybe they should have made that search committee a little bit bigger. You know, okay. maybe some more people on the search committee. Well, I'll tell you what, what. I'll tell you one thing that didn't work. Just picking up the phone and calling uh, somebody and saying, who should I hire? That that apparently didn't work because if that one person had said Ben Johnson, then they would have had to develop the search committee well after the fact. Well, Your you know one what? Call. That Tommy, Tommy if, thinks if, if, all you needed to hey, do was hey. just pick up the phone and call Mike Shanahan and say, who do you hire? Hey, if, if that person was Rick Spielman, that certainly would not be the right information, would it? <laughs> all right. Um, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for doing this. All right, boss. Tommy Lavero, uh, Orioles sold to David Rubenstein, uh, you know, former Carlisle group. Um, very, very wealthy. And I, I'm sure if you're an Orioles fan, you're thrilled with him buying the team and saying goodbye to the Angelos family. Uh, we'll do some Denton news next and then get back to uh, the latest regarding Washington's coach search. Kevin Sheehan showed the team 980. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.